Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review. We are dedicated to bringing our listeners the very special artists and writers that are part of this amazing explosion of creativity, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. We'd like to welcome Justice R. Stone, the author of the Norse myth-inspired original English light novel series, The Bleeding Worlds. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So I ask this of every writer uh, I talk to. You know, we all have an origin story. So what got you started as a writer? Um, well, it all started way back. <laughs> uh, well, you know, writing has been something that's been with me for a really long time. I first caught the writing bug quite seriously back when I was mm, 10 or 11. I was that kid in grade school when the teacher would be like, give me a one-page story, and I would deliver a 10-page story, right? Uh, and for a long time, I was very interested in writing and reading and everything else. That was a big thing for me. And then in high school, I caught the music bug. Uh, playing saxophone, funny enough, and uh, writing kind of took a back burner thing. But it was one of those ideas always in my head. I was like, I want to write something. I truly want to create a book and publish it. And uh, I had lots of false starts over the years. And then probably about, I guess it's probably about 11 or 12 years ago now, uh, my dad passed away from cancer. And uh, at the time, he had all these things that he was going to do with his retirement, all those things he had put off, right? He was he was a paramedic, so he was going to write a book uh, about his time as a paramedic and the weird calls and stuff that he had done and everything else. And, and seeing him lose out on all those opportunities, all those ideas and dreams that he had that he was going to accomplish, that he put off, I thought to myself, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't put all these things that I have been thinking about for 20 years or more off any longer. I, I need to sit myself down and get serious about actually making this happen. And so uh, that was where uh, the Bleeding Worlds eventually came out of was uh, this determination that no matter how hard it was, no matter how many times I hit a wall, that I would not give up like I had so many times in the past. And uh, yeah, it took me about two and a half years to, to get the first draft of that book done. Well, it, it took so. it, my, uh, my one and only published book took me almost 10 years and four drafts. Wow. So it was, it's a, they are all passion projects. We do yes. them because we <laughs> want to do them. Uh, so when you were starting your, with your creative outlets. Uh, did you do any fanfic? I did not. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, here's the thing. I, I Even if, particularly for, I think, us authors that are working in original English light novels, uh, original English manga, stuff like that, I, I think all of us, in a way, are doing fan fiction. It, it, it may not be as specific as saying, I am writing my own Naruto story. But when you, if you really dive into bits and pieces of the Bleeding Worlds, there are bits of uh, an older series called Gatekeepers in there. Uh, there's parts of Guilty Crown in there. There's parts of Evangelion in there. There's parts of Bleach 
in there. There is like in a lot of ways, it's sort of like my culmination as a anime light novel manga fan over the years and even fan of like JRPGs all kind of found their way in bits and pieces into that book. So nothing specific fan fiction wise, but certainly I, I cannot claim to, you know, have left all of my fandom behind me as I started doing my own stuff. Yeah. I, I, and even if you did, as I, I, I constantly tell my students and I tell anybody who's a writer that uh, writing fanfic is the same as writing from a prompt and you wouldn't, uh -huh. you wouldn't say that it, writing from a prompt is a bad thing not writing is the bad thing so uh right yeah um what what inspires you in in the writing what is it that you're that really you know you, you write anime inspired stories um so is it anime or is it i mean you have a north miss north myth inspired series so right what what are these elements that that inspire you to write well, I've always been a huge fan of just about any story that has sort of a, a deeper mythology to it, a deeper idea to it, sort of those secret histories type stories. And uh, when I started off writing The Bleeding Worlds, uh, I, I had a very... I had a number of vague ideas, uh, and as I said, honestly, gatekeepers, uh, it was the series where these kids would basically, like, go, open the gate, and they would, like, have all these shiny circles around their arms and stuff, and it would, they could power things up and everything else. Uh, I kind of had that idea merged with the idea of Guilty Crown, which was you could create something from your soul, essentially. And so I had these ideas that were very anime-based, but I didn't really have a larger structure to base them on. I really didn't have a larger story. I, I knew that I kind of wanted to tell this thing, but I, I wasn't sure what skeleton to build it on. And I've always been a big fan of mythology and stuff like that. So uh, at the time, as I was getting into it and as I was just sort of world building it out and everything started creating all these things and had this idea that there would be multiple worlds and multiple multiple versions of the world and and i thought wow when you talk about mythologies what is the one mythology that actually fully acknowledges that there is a multiverse that there are multiple worlds in the universe and that they are all different and governed by different ideas and everything else well north's mythology so i i kind of leapt you know, sort of springboarded from my own world building and ideas to just Norse mythology and the Ragnarok myth and everything else just totally sort of jived and blended together. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, very much anime, but uh, definitely I can, I can never get away from mythology, religion and everything else. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe that's why I'm an Evangelion fan because it, even though it's window trapping, it still had all that stuff. Yeah, I just find that interesting. You know, it just. It, I always like the idea that even if it's on a surface, that if there's some thought behind it, there's a sort of a deeper level to it. So. Hey, so, uh, what is, what is? Can you give us a quick gist? What What's your plot? Of the bleeding worlds. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> I. I, I fail horribly at this somebody said what's the best uh somebody on twitter said one time what it, give us your worst pitch 
uh, in two sentences for your series, and I said, and Otaku decides that Ragnarok would be a lot better if it had an anime aesthetic. (laughs) 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 And and the sad part is is that it's probably not that far from the truth. Uh, Essentially, the story begins as uh, a, a very typical anime young adult type series with your average run-of-the-mill Joe teenager who finds himself brought into these events that all of a sudden he realizes that his whole life has changed and that suddenly he has seen things that shouldn't be there. He's experiencing things that no one else does. And he kind of realizes that he's been plugged in to this greater power system that connects to all these different worlds and everything else. And he discovers that he's not the only person like this and that, in fact, much of our mythology, gods and so forth, are actually based on people who had similar abilities. The trick to it all, though, is that he comes along and discovers that uh, he might just be the harbinger of the apocalypse. Well, that's something. <laughs> yeah, it's never a good thing. And and so the story basically follows him as he runs into all these various individuals and both trying to avoid his own fate as well as to try and alter the fate of the world and uh i like to play with the idea of how much of it is fate how much is our own self decisions uh i i kind of bring it to the whole uh, there, yeah, it gets very complicated honestly <laughs> even i found by the fourth book i was like wow i've, I've really there's a lot going on here. <laughs> okay, well, 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 thinking of books, um, so, who's the gal on the cover of Volume 2? <laughs> and she's just my type of character. She's cute, she's got twin tails, and she's carrying a scythe. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, that would be Adrastia, who is uh, introduced in Book 1 and becomes an increasingly important character throughout the series. Uh, I... I, there's not much I can say about her that isn't big spoilers. Okay. Uh, about the only thing that I can say is that in book one, we really aren't sure what her motivation is, and we're not even really sure just who or what she is. But uh, everything gets revealed by the end of book four, and uh, I would like to think that it's a pretty big doozy of a reveal when it all plays out. That. <laughs> That, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, she just kind of looks like one who might occasionally have one of those arrogant uh, Ojo-sama laughs to me. <laughs> uh, yes, she's uh, she is definitely a quirky character, uh, very self-determined, does not uh, is not afraid to step on the toes of gods like Zeus and Quetzalcoatl and others who start to sort of get in her way, and uh, <laughs> she she can be a bit mischievous as well. Uh, but yeah, she she's definitely one of the really big characters, especially like I said, by the time the whole series ends, she's kind of like a character that really helps tie a lot of different ideas together. So sounds yeah. like a fun character to write. Uh, well, and it was one of those things, too, where when I hired the artist to, to do the book covers, to initially when I did the book covers, I, I 
very much based them on young adult type covers because when I first started it, light novels weren't as big a category because I published in 2012, I started it. We didn't really get the big boom, the second, the, the most recent boom of light novels until 2014. So I initially started off as like more of a young adult. That was how I marketed it. And uh, I, I didn't have the money for a cover. And so I put together a whole, you know, covers with my own kind of abilities. But anyway... Uh, when I finally had the money to sort of sit down and say, I want to give these the covers I've always wanted to give them, and I hired the artist, uh, she and I had a lot of discussions about how I sort of saw the character and what she was like and everything else. And man, when she delivered that cover, I was just heads over heels. I'm like, this is so much better than I expected, but at the same time, exactly as I sort of thought, you know? <laughs> hey, well, well, thinking of surprises like that, uh, do you ever surprise write something and then are surprised by how that happened <laughs> well yeah actually uh i i can say that the entire second book went somewhere that i never expected uh and again it's kind of hard to say without totally spoiling it but basically i thought that the series was going to become much more of a sort of magic shonen battle high school type series uh i i kind of thought the first book would introduce all the characters and get everything set up and then i i thought it was going to be this big sprawling series with all these different characters and fighting across all sorts of different worlds and you know that kind of stuff and then in the second book i don't even remember how it happened but something just switched in my head i was like what if it's all a setup what if what if all the people that we think are good guys are actually not and what if all of these people that seem to be benevolent and helpful actually have machinations that are far and beyond benign or benevolent or anything like that uh and yeah when i finished the second book i i kind of looked at him like i don't even know how the hell i got here but i liked it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's it's great um uh, when I was talking with Brandon Varnell, uh, he refers to it um, as discovery writing. Right. And yes. I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I'm really a plot-based writer. I, I kind of sketch out the entire world and the entire plot, hopefully, and then I try and fill in the blanks. But there are times where you just throw the entire thing out the window and you're like, oh my God, this is so much better than what I thought of before. Well, I I always knew because I had set it up that there was going to be kind of this Ragnarok component. I kind of always knew where the books, where the series would end up. And it did, like, I mean, I would say the epilogue of the series is exactly the epilogue that I had foreseen when I started. But how I got there and even how I incorporated the elements of the Ragnarok myth ended up evolving and changing as I went along. So you're right. Like sometimes even if you have sort of a, a map, you know, even if you have, as in my case, the Ragnarok myth, I was like, okay, this has got to happen. This has got to happen. This has got to happen or else it's not even close to being Ragnarok. So why'd I bother? Yeah. <laughs> and, but even then, as you said, you, you, you can hit those beats, but how you get to them can be such a, a weird journey and, and be in a way that you never really foresaw. <laughs> so, um, keeping with the writing theme, 
you have a favorite kind of scene to write? Are you an action writer? Are you a dialogue writer? Uh, what kind of what kind of scene is your favorite style of scene? Mm. Uh, that is very very difficult to say. Uh, I have found, like with the first four books, I found that it seemed to change by the day. Uh, I, I think it's more. I think it's more to me. It's more about the characters that you're writing. Uh, I would write an action sequence and it would just kill me. I would be like, oh my God, this is such a struggle. But then I would write an action sequence with a different character in a different circumstance and I was like, wow, I can't believe how easy this is going and I'm loving how I'm doing this and this is just flowing so well. And uh, I think it's always the same when you have dialogue, character building moments and stuff like that. Like uh, there's sort of a mentor character that shows up for my main character in the third book and their conversations I were great to write. And I felt like, wow, this is just flowing so well. But then there were other times where I would labor over a chapter for a month because it just didn't feel right even though it was kind of the same thing. Um, I do definitely tend towards action, though. Like, I cannot, I, you know, there's just no way that I'm going to be the guy who writes a Slice of Life series. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, if there aren't, if there isn't, like, swearing and violence and swords and guns and everything else, I, I'm probably not going to write it, Oh, you know? <laughs> okay, well... Um, well, well, thinking of those kinds of influences, uh, what authors or writers do you admire? I always say one of my all-time favorite writers uh, are two very different ones because I am a huge fan of F. F. Scott Fitzgerald, but Aaron Sorkin is my favorite modern writer. I love punchy dialogue. Right. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I... I have found uh, there's only one author really that I absolutely love and admire and would aspire to be, but I, I don't write anything <laughs> like he writes, and I don't think that I could, so I haven't really tried. But uh, Neil Gaiman is probably the the author that I immediately think of, and I think it's because for him, and, and I tried to do that a bit with The Bleeding Worlds as well, was that idea of the real world and a mystic world kind of coexisting in a way that feels natural and right. Uh, there, there's just something about reading a Neil Gaiman book to me that it, it is like reading a fantasy and a fairy tale all at the same time, and yet you feel that as an adult you're still getting something out of it there's still messages there for you uh it's it's never a light read but at the same time it never feels like a laborious read uh that's definitely the, the if i'm talking about an author whose books like i own every book they've ever written and have read them it's neil gaiman uh although i do of course read a ton of light novels but i, I think the problem is is that right now uh i I'm so focused on getting as many light novels read and reviewed and talked about as possible that I just keep dipping my toe into all these different series. And I, I never really stay too long in one series or another. Um, the one author that I've probably read uh, a ton of uh, that I really like light novel wise would be uh, the author of Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, which I believe that's Fujino Omori. If I'm getting that right, 
Yeah, I, 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 even though I work for a Japanese company on the side, they will all tell you I can't pronounce Japanese worth a damn. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've gotten, I have become light years better than I was when I started years ago, but I am still far, far from decent at it. But yeah, it's Fujini Omori, Omori is his uh, name. And, uh, I really love that series, uh, Don Machi for short. Uh, I think mainly because it's one of those series that I think does a very good job of balancing the heart and ideals of its main character, but also has some really great action sequences. And I really like how Omori writes his action in a way that there's still this very heavy emotional core to it. It's not just bouncing around walls and slashing and cutting and all this kind of stuff uh half the action is how the character views the battle and how the character feels about the battle and how they feel about the person that they are fighting uh so yeah i I've, if we're going to talk light novels that's probably the light novel author that i've read the most of um and uh have really enjoyed his series and uh would probably say that's probably closer to what i actually write as opposed to say neil gaiman right right yeah i i, I understand what you mean i mean i'm always reading like four books at a time and some people are like well how can you read four books at a time i'm like it's just like watching television i read a little bit change the channel and uh, it, it's great uh especially with all the light novels there are right now i mean i'm just plow through them on a regular basis because I have a little bit more time in the evening to read but uh, yeah it's I, I've really enjoyed um, I really really enjoyed the series um, didn't I didn't I say to make my abilities average in the next life yes she it, I, I love the character she's funny she's just so funny to me and yeah. when a book can make me laugh that's that's something special I mean, you, you yeah, that's a, I've, that's a series that I've always said to myself I want to go back to. Uh, I really enjoyed the first book in that. Yeah, it, it it is good. She her her antics just she's like she's that smart, really really smart person who's absolutely the dumbest person you've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, the author of that series, uh, Funa, uh, she's written a couple of characters that are like that. She did uh, one. Um, I Shall Survive Using Potions is another series that uh, she wrote. And it's, the main character is very much the same idea. Uh, however, I would say she is far more conniving than mine is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I recommend if you read uh, Sexiled. Oh, yes, I have. Yep. I, I, I'm reading book one right now, and I am just loving the entire thing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love just it's filled with snark and i oh. i really love it uh yeah it's definitely yeah i haven't i've got to read the second one there's only two in the series which is too bad because uh i really think it's a series that could go further um especially yeah like the characters one of the things that i i talked about with sexiled and i and it's the same thing that i think i liked about uh didn't I say to make my abilities average and everything else? I'm finding that I really like female-centric light novels. Me too. And uh, and actually, I'm I'm working on a new project now that is the same thing. It's all women. There, there's I think there's one guy 
male character that I spend any time with in the book, and otherwise it's almost all females. His, his name's not Yuki Rito, I just, is it? I, I think in light novels... But no. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, uh, he's, he's a, it's a... Again, it's an action-type series, and his name is actually General Isiglare, but one of the girls calls him General Isiglare because he's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's. I find that the dynamic. Uh, so many male-centric light novels are harems, uh, and uh, there's a lot of competition between the characters. Even if it's not, even if it's not overt, there always is because there's always the girls competing about who's going to end up with the guy, and the guy is always so clueless half the time to the advances of the girls and everything else. And, uh, and you don't get that same dynamic with all girl groups, you know, they just seem to, they just seem to have much more of this camaraderie that I just, I really like reading. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I've, I'm one of those guys who most of his life has been surrounded by women and they've always been my best friends. You know, I, I, and so I tend to gravitate towards those stories uh, because I, women, I love them to death, but they are absolutely batshit nuts. And, (laughs) uh, well, I I, I mean, they can be, uh, but, (laughs) but, but then I think we can be a bunch of batshit idiots. So, I mean, really (laughs) it kind of balances out, I guess. (laughs) Well, Well, what was it? Um, in as good as you get, as good as it gets with uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, they ask him, "So, how do you write women so well?" He says, first I start with a man, and then I take away reason and accountability." Yeah, I, <laughs> that's some dangerous territory. Yes, it is. Hey, I think you got an Oscar for it, but uh. yeah. So, um, well, you mentioned uh, your your that you're working on the new series. Um, let's see. Before we close out, is there a current series that you're reading that you're 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 recommending to everyone to that they should be picking up? Oh, is there a current series that I'm reading that I would recommend to everyone? Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you two series uh, that. I have only read the first one or two books of, and I like them enough that even though they've been on the back burner for a while, I just re- I just ordered all the volumes to get caught up. Uh, so the first one is a series called World End. Uh, what do you do at the end of the world? Are you busy? Will you save us? Uh, very lengthy light novel title, but uh, one about essentially the mankind has been eradicated, and the last human being is and everybody lives on these floating islands because essentially these horrendous monsters roam the surface of the earth and this last human being i won't spoil how he comes to be amongst people but anyway he is put in charge of these girls that he finds out are essentially bred bioengineered weapons to try and retake the surface of the planet and it's this very melancholy series but God, I just love it for some reason. I don't know. I love suffering sometimes. <laughs> um, another series that uh, I, I've only read the first volume, but I thought it was phenomenal and I really want to read more is Torture Princess. And uh, it is like, wow, what a crazy series it is. So essentially, it's an isekai, but 
essentially what it is is this guy has the most absolutely horrible life. The book actually opens with him being choked to death by his own father. Yeah. Wow. Like that just gives you an idea of what this Yeah. And essentially he is not brought into this other world in order to be a hero or anything else. He is actually summoned to be a servant to this girl who has been is a prisoner of the church and they are basically using her as a way to kill uh, a, a certain demons that have come to the surface and, and are sort of waging hell on earth essentially and uh, the whole idea is that essentially when she's done her mission the church is going to execute her because of the horrendous crimes that she herself has committed against humanity and it is just a very twisted book uh, one of those ones that the demons are absolutely horrific you know you read a lot of light novels and they talk about demons and they never seem that scary or that horrible but the demons in Torture Princess are just absolutely monstrous. And uh, But man, just it is such an interesting book, and the character journeys that happen in it are, even in just the first volume, uh, really, really got to me. So that's definitely a series that probably is not for everyone, and definitely when you read the bio, it's not for everyone, but it is so much better than what the description of it makes it sound like. Um about the only other series that I'm really jonesing to catch up on right now is 86. So, yeah. which is a, a, a war type uh, light novel series. The first one of that one was really good too. So. I think I might've picked that up once when I was at a bookstore, but <laughs> considering I think there's only like one bookstore in all of Tampa Bay, uh, I haven't been to the new one yet. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I order a lot of stuff online because uh, it, it's it's hard to find a good selection of light novels. I find in uh, in most bookstores, even the big box bookstores, they 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 carry some. But I find, especially when you want to get later volumes in the series, or if you've fallen behind on a couple of volumes, they might have the first one and then the most recent one, but they're missing all the middle ones. Yeah. So yeah, I, I find I have to do a lot of ordering online. So. Uh, that's uh, what I've been having to do, so I get all the boxes in. <laughs> well, that's our favorite way to shop here. Uh, and, Justice, I can't thank you enough for talking with me this evening. Uh, and I think no you you agree with me in that right now is a great time to be a creator because the bars to entering, entering, the, light, entering the novel market or entering any creation market is uh, set much lower. I mean, because you don't have these barriers to entry that we once had where you had to get an agent, you had to do this. You can put stuff out on your own. And like whether it be Webtoon or Kindle Direct Publishing or you use some other process, these are some amazing times because we get more creators producing more. And I think it's one of the most exciting things uh, to happen in literature. I'd like to hope. Our... Yeah, go ahead. It's definitely. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, uh, you know, it is. I think it is definitely one of those times where I don't want to say that the bar for entry is lower necessarily, because I think readers still dis expect a certain amount of quality. So it's not that the bar is lower, but the the barriers. That's what I was to trying yeah, to say. Yeah, the like, barriers to entry. Yeah. 
Yes, you're definitely right with the barrier side. Like, uh, there are a bunch of voices now and a bunch of stories now that I honestly don't think would have ever been available in the public space if it weren't for Kindle publishing, if it weren't for web publishing, for manga and stuff like that. There are definitely artists now that, whether they be authors, uh, you know, visual artists, even musicians. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of art you talk about now. Uh, there is definitely a lot of amazing stuff out there that you're right with the, with the old barrier system and the old system of, I don't think it's as marketable as this, so we're not going to ever publish it or put it out. Uh, you would never have access to. And, uh, it is, it is a very exciting time. Uh, admittedly, uh, having gone through the whole, uh, publishing process myself and everything else. It is a very daunting task. It's not uh, certainly easy per se, but the wonderful thing is there are tons of people out there that are sharing a wealth of information. Uh, sometimes it almost feels like too much. Uh, but uh, I know you mentioned Brandon. You talked to him. Uh, Brandon, if you're getting into original English light novels, I don't want to uh, overwhelm Brandon's Twitter feeds, but uh, <laughs> but I will say that Brandon is one of the more very open people about how he does things and yep. what processes he uses. Uh, so he is definitely like a phenomenal person. He, he is uh, to also check one out of the most to. prolific writers I have ever encountered. Oh. My God, I you every follow, day I, follow I, his Twitter feed and just gleam in envy at the number of words he types in a day. Oh, uh, I know every day. I think I feel like I tweet him every other day. Like, I can't believe you. Or, you know, like I, I actually DM'd him one time. I'm like, you know, you're my hero. Like I aspire to <laughs> I aspire <laughs> to even write half of what you can. Heck, I, I would be happy if I could write in three weeks what he writes in a day yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yes yes sir he is i can't thank justice enough for taking time out of his day to talk to us if you want to keep tabs on what justice is doing take a look at twitter at justice r stone or his website justice if you like what you've been listening to click the subscribe button to keep us going if you're an author or other creative that wants to be interviewed, contact me at Zeke Jane Gers on Twitter. And to you listeners, thank you for your time and keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.